0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Board Game Mechanics. It's been a while since we've done a regular show, but thanks for checking us out. Uh, I'm Joel and with me is...
1: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jason.
0: And It has been a long time since we've done a regular show that has had full zaniness and full everything, it feels like.
1: That's true. It has been a little bit, yeah.
0: It's been like a month. I'm not sure how zany this episode's going to be, because I'm dog-tired
1: I, yeah, uh, you've been putting up with teen or kids, so you're you're good. You're good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, also <laughs> had a hole in my roof today, so that's no fun.
1: Oh yeah, that stinks.
0: Tree branch fell in my house and busted a hole in the roof, so that's no good.
1: Yeah, that's terrible.
0: So, uh, anybody who's got a philanthropic roof repairing business and loves the board game mechanics, <laughs> come see me. I'll play. I'll play like Yahtzee with you or something afterwards if you want to. I don't know. That's your wife's favorite game, man. It is. Um, <laughs> she'll probably play too. <laughs> So the other thing too is, if you missed us, I hope that you found us on. Uh, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook, and we're on YouTube. And YouTube's kind of taken off a little bit, so that's pretty awesome.
1: And Twitter? Did you say Twitter?
0: I did say Twitter, but it's taken off a little bit too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm at Instagram. We're also on Instagram as well.
0: You know what we're not on? Snapchat.
1: And that's it's just true. I don't. That's I don't
0: true. get it. That's why. Like, I don't know that you guys want pictures of Jason and I with mouse noses and big, <laughs> oversized eyes. <laughs> And like a and like a sticker and a cursive bubbly font that says "Why though?" I don't <laughs> the know. Fun,
1: the funny thing about that is I actually have that on my phone because I send snaps to my my little girls because they think it's funny. So <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, um, it's involved a lot because it used to be the the net na- the nasty boys had the oh, Snapchat. Yeah. It was yeah, the nasty yeah. boy chat client. So.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's come a long way. <laughs> so yeah, but we are not on Snapchat just just because I don't understand it. I, I just don't get it. I I mean, if you guys want to see a mouse picture of us, I don't know. Like we'll put some pictures up and you can Photoshop away, I guess. I don't know. Photoshop challenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. My wife made me make like a little bitmoji thing and everything. It was cr- It's crazy. It's nonsense.
0: Yeah. I've got it too, but I just don't get it. And like the other thing too is I open that app up and I feel like a hundred year old dog trying to work technology. Like I'm like yeah. swiping every direction and I'm like I don't <laughs> even know. I yeah. seriously I don't want to watch the Daily Mail feed again. Like <laughs> I don't need that in my life anyway. <laughs> right, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. All right, give us Snapchat lessons, I guess.
1: All right, so I don't have a ton of news today. There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, mostly because. We either reviewed it or I have the game, and I just thought they were interesting. So the first one I wanted to talk about is a game called The Axe from Cobblestone Games. It's a worker placement game about the early disciples spreading Christianity throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And Katie and I just did a review for this uh, two days ago, maybe. So by the time you're listening to this, about seven days ago. And when this episode drops, there'll be about two days left on the Kickstarter, so you can go check that out if you want. Because it's a good game. It's probably the best biblical themed game that I've played ever. Wow. Yeah, it's good.
0: The Ax, A-C-T-S, not yeah. Axe A C T S, not A X E. The Axe about Christianity is a totally different game. It's where yeah. you're playing with like a like Petra Slayer tribute band and you have to yeah. build the best guitar with the most sweet points on it. So yep. and, and yeah. glittery paint. It's it's like swordcrafters but different.
1: <laughs> yeah. The axe. It's a little darker, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it it seems like a cool game. Um, that's that's crazy, man. Because I know you like Wisdom of Solomon quite a bit. Yeah. And I know that you like um, Commissioned Fine too. So better than those, huh?
1: The nice thing about this, it has two pages of rules, and then the game just it's simple to teach and play. But man, it just. There's so many decisions there because you're all over the board and you only take one action with each dude. And, yeah, it's crazy. It's a really good game.
0: Let's be fair. It's two pages of rules, but it's written in, like, Times New Roman font, pretty small, in two (laughs) columns, on really thin, like, tissue paper, paper. And it's like got, like, a leather cover on it. So that's pretty cool. But, I mean, it's a lot of words. Do they break it up into verses? Like, that'd be hilarious if they did that. (laughs) Chapter one, the setup.
1: Verse one. That would have been awesome. They should have done that. That would have the been. Players sweet. shall take their parts and put them on the board. <laughs> yeah, none of that this time, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think people are like a little afraid to like tongue in cheek talk about the Bible and God because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I I'm with it too, I guess, because like I love Jesus and I know Jesus gets it. Like he's like, you don't hate me. This is just funny, and you're putting fun right, yeah, of like yeah. the stupid stuff. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to get hit by lightning. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But no, it would be sweet if it was written in verses, but it's not.
0: On really thin tissue paper paper.
1: <laughs> the, parchment, the part where, the parchment. Part where
0: got a little blasphemous is when they did the red letters. I'm like, really? You're going to say Jesus designed this game? I uh, I don't know. Maybe they should give Jesus some credit for this if it's about the Great Commission. <laughs>
1: Yeah. co-designed but, by Jesus. I'm like, everyone
0: <laughs> will buy that game, man.
1: Like, why wouldn't well, you? Well, I mean, technically, every game's kind of co-designed by Jesus, I would guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it depends on your world, you.
1: <laughs> All right. I think we're, uh, that's enough of that one. All right. Uh, moving on to the next game. Uh, the next game is a game called Bargain Quest. You played that at a BGM Con. It was me, you, Katie, and your brother. Uh-huh. And... It's on Kickstarter, they're doing a second edition with an expansion. So, I really dig that game and I wanted to talk about it because I'm excited about the expansion. So,
0: yeah. I <laughs> will pass. I I think I know why I don't like that game that much. To me, it feels like if you get the right choice in drafting, you're super powerful. And then, like, if you don't get to choose where you want to choose at the front of the order, you sometimes get stuck with really bad garbage. And so, like, that doesn't balance out very well with like the mechanic of how you're going to try and position yourself to get better drafting spots. Like, I don't know, it just feels a little like you get screwed sometimes in that game, kind of hard. Yeah, it got it got better the more I played it, but
1: yeah, it is kind of like that. But you got to kind of then think, you know, I don't really care if this dude dies; I just want to take his money and move on. So yeah, <laughs> essentially, as long as you can get quick. money, who cares?
0: I'll play any game if it's quick, and that game's real quick.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, we like that game. It's on Kickstarter. I thought it would be cool to talk about. So, Bargain Quest Second Edition.
0: I I would if we put this one with some wrenches. You're going to give it like the like high four wrench, at least high four wrench. And I'd probably give it a, <laughs> a two, two and a guess. half.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I know fine. this. I know. I know it's not Hall of Fame worry, worthy. I get that.
0: <laughs> but you love it, and it's something that's like a little off the wall and different. It's not you know whatever people are talking about today it's not reef it's not you know like one of six games that everyone's all the world's talking about so
1: yeah yeah that's true
0: so that's good i'm glad that you know like if you want to if you want to hear about mainstream games go to those mainstream podcasts we're the punk rocker podcast we're the ramones
1: (laughs) that's true (laughs) velvet underground
0: (laughs) i'm sid vicious (laughs) i'm probably gonna die soon i mean i by that i mean i'm probably gonna die soon but i mean yeah
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe not the best role model if
0: if i if i keep climbing around on my roof when it's a lightning storm fixing patches i might not make it too far especially after i say like what some people would say are pseudo blasphemous things
1: (laughs) so (laughs) yeah that's true you better stay up that roof for a little while
0: yeah i think i will Well, Jason, we are flying through this episode. This might be our first episode under twenty minutes or something at this rate.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's you know true. what?
0: This is going to give people that Friday energy with this hot, this fast paced hot takes that we're doing here.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you get a chance to play some games this week, Jason? I did. I played a game that is really growing on me and is moving quickly up my top one hundred, and that is Dice Forge.
0: Yeah. I haven't played this still, and I know you're loving it right now.
1: I I love this game. The thing that I love about it the most, more than putting the dice together and collecting the cards, is you can play a whole entire game with this, with four people, in 30 minutes. And that's teaching and everything. Wow. Yeah. It's a full game that you can play in 30 minutes. It's amazing.
0: And it's a pretty good-looking game. I'm kind of surprised it only shows up one time in the podcast today, so...
1: Yeah, it was going to show up later, but I didn't want to talk about it twice. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, It's a pretty good looking game. I'm going to be honest.
1: It is. It's beautiful. And like the production, the insert and everything, the way that the dice faces slide into their own little sleeve and are a part of the board and you use the box as the board. Yeah, it's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's it seems like it. And it's like they fixed that thing of like. You need a uh, rotary tool to try and like chisel out these faces <laughs> of a of a die. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. They found out an interchangeable die solution that's pretty good.
1: Yep. The first time you take them out, they're a little tough, but after that, it's cake.
0: And after a hundred times, they're like just falling out. But at that point, you've played a hundred <laughs> times, so that's I mean, true. like, yeah. who are you to complain? You got a good good deal. <laughs> yep. Quit your complaining.
1: <laughs> yep. So that was Dice Forge. I played that like three or four times, I think last week
0: okay can you talk to me i mean like this is obviously a dice rolling game where you're trying to like power up your dice Mm -hmm. i'm guessing but like what else mechanically happens like how do you get better dice
1: face all right so the game has two different parts there's two action main actions you can take on your turn every on everybody's turn you're going to roll the dice and you're going to collect the resources so there's gold there's like um fire stones moonstones and points so when it's your turn, you can either move your little pawn to buy a card, which is going to give you access to special kinds of die faces or points, or you can go to the little temple and just buy die faces for gold. Hmm. So there's a you can either that, that's the two main ways you're going to get die faces, mostly by buying them through the gold, but there are usually two or three cards out that will give you special power die faces.
0: And so the idea is you keep the same number of die throughout the game, but you're making your die better?
1: Right. You have two dice the whole game, and then it's up to you to decide what you want to take off and what you want to put on and all that. Hmm. That's kind of cool. It's like Rattlebones, except you can never get more dice. I think that game has three dice, but this game, only you you can only ever have two.
0: It feels a little like a deck builder in a way, because you're like weeding out cards and putting cards in and then shuffling up and drawing cards except for your rolling die to make that all that whole process way simpler and way quicker so um, that's pretty cool very cool I'll have to play it bring it to the next BGMCon for sure so this is the one that is going to be a little different Jason I'm going to talk about than what we normally talk about Um, All right, kids I was just kidding about this being a 20 minute episode because here I go (laughs)
1: Get, was com- say. Get, get comfortable. No, <laughs> Give we <some> play. Time.
0: <laughs> we play kids on bikes, and this game is really interesting. So basically, it's an RPG game, but it's kind of set like to be like a Stranger Things type RPG, or like maybe Goonies, or any of those '80s movies like that, where it's like kids that are solving an adventure. Um, but and this one in particular, I I was the the game master, and so I was kind of running the city. And the characters were all kind of just created. And the cool thing about this one is you really create the characters in the city a little bit collaboratively. So like you establish your relationships with other people and you answer questions for other people. So like you roll a 20 sided die and like you establish that you guys like each other, like you're two characters that like each other, like, not like each other like middle school, but like just you think (laughs) each other are right. And so then you answer a question like, what's the bravest thing you've ever seen this person do? And so you're answering questions about someone else's character. So your character is being created by other people at the table a little bit too. And so this is where like my, my brother's really fun to play these games with, but he's really dumb to play these games with at the same time. So like I had this awesome scenario set up where they were like, you know, like kids getting abducted in this town where like a retired circus, is like stationed at and then also there's like a secret air force base and uh so like there's this like cryptic mysterious circus that like kind of still travels but they're down on their lock and they're looking for like new ways to renew their interest in this circus and there's also this retired air force base and so it's like kind of a dilapidated town that's seen better days but there's still like mysterious stuff happening well so my brother decides he wants to make his character like an aspiring pro wrestler and that his dad was like a strong man in the circus and he started the wwe and so like this is at the height of wwf i guess at the time by like popularity so he starts like a backyard wrestling league and really just wants to wrestle and that's all he practically tries to do the whole game <laughs> so and then he rolled for an el camino so that wasn't too bad he got an el camino so he cruised around an el camino and did like some high-flying spandex wearing wrestling antics and nothing really happened honestly um but we had some really cool characters set up in a really cool setting um we decided there was like a 30-foot bronze statue of matthew's character's dad who died in the ring um and he's a local legend um and then, like, this other girl played as as Matthew's little brother or little sister, and she, like, really looked up to him. But the, <laughs> way how, the way how Matthew's character's stats were, he, like, was terrible at fighting and terrible at brawn, but his little sister was, like, an amazing fighter and super strong. And so, like, I don't know. It's just a weird juxtaposition. So, it's just uh, a fun system. But, I mean, and it's made for one-hitters and quick games. We played for, like, probably seven hours, and we kind of ended... Where, like, the exposition ends at. Like, adventures are ready to start happening. So. Um, just kind of cool, cool RPG system. If you're looking for a lighter RPG system and you're a fan of stranger things, this would be a cool one to check out. It's also pretty cheap. So I think you can get the paperback edition of it for like around 15 to 20 bucks and a PDFs even cheaper and actually Renegade Games bought the company that put this out. So it's a partnership with Renegade Games now. So I think we'll see a lot more availability of this than we thought initially. I don't think it's necessarily out yet. I kickstarted it. So I got my copy a few weeks back. Um, but it's a pretty good book to read too. It's a decent read, decent art, pretty fun. So, kids on bikes got to play an RPG this weekend.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I think they were selling it at Gen Con, so it might cool. Maybe it's released now. I don't know.
0: I know it was on like pre order on their website, and then it was pre order like other places I was looking at, but that was during the con or right before the con. Right. So right. yeah, so I, it might be out there right now. It might be in the wild. So cool, That's cool, cool book though.
1: Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I'm not super into RPGs, but I do like the theme of that one. That one's cool. All right. So another game I played is a civilization game. I know that's different and surprising. Uh, And that is Rise of Tribes. I don't know if you've played this or not, but... I've never even heard of it. It was on Kickstarter not too long ago. It's from Breaking Games. I don't know any other games they do. They do the King's Abbey, and that's all I know. But essentially what you're doing is everybody has a tribe. And you're moving around in this little hex map. I think there may be there's eight tiles. And you're trying to be the first person to hit 15 points. And you're getting points by completing objectives, by cashing in resources, or by having certain types of people on certain types of hexes. And or building huts. So you're just basically racing with each other to be the first person to hit 15 points. But the cool mechanism is on your turn, you're going to roll two dice. The dice have three blank sides, I think two moon sides, and a sun side. If you roll, if and you're going to slide a die into the action space where there's already three other dice, and it's going to boot one out. So based on what kind of symbols you put in there is how effective the action is. So if you can get two moons in there, your action is the worst. If you can get two suns in there, your action is the best. And if you can get just nothing, like no doubles or anything, you get the standard action. So you're trying to take good action so you can make the best of it by putting suns, but Sometimes you can't do that because all you roll is moons and you're just trying to outthink other people and not set people up. Yeah, it's it's a really good game. I don't play a ton of Civ games, but this one was kind of fun. It was light. It was probably gateway plus maybe, at least to me.
0: Is the art and graphic design pretty good on this one or where are we at with that?
1: Well, my buddy had uh, the deluxe Kickstarter one, so it was a little fancier. Like it had a special insert. It had... All these different kinds of meeples. There was like a, a mammoth meeple, a saber tooth tiger meeple, but the standard game only has like chits. And the art was just standard like forest and rivers and stuff. It. I mean, I didn't think it was really that great, but it didn't look hideous. I'll say that.
0: I just say that because King's Abbey looks like a cool game. But the graphic design on it and the packaging and stuff looks a little to be desired.
1: So, uh, King's Abbey is a great game. I have that game.
0: Do you? Yeah. Wait, would you argue with me that it does not, like, I'm going to say it does not belong on our beautiful games list <laughs> for this week?
1: No, it's, it's hideous. It's even worse than some, like, Euro games. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty rough. <laughs> it's not good.
0: The font selections and stuff are pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Rise of Tribes is better than that.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So they developed their, their, uh, they developed themselves a, a better way to do to do some design and art.
1: So that's great. Yep. Yep.
0: Last game I'm going to talk about uh, and that I guess we're both going to talk about is a game called Stockpile. I picked this one because it is something that was pretty hot a couple years back, but you don't hear anything about it. And so if you're new to board gaming, you may have never have heard of this or you may have seen it around but not know that it's awesome. Uh, it's a fantastic game. So basically, have you ever played this before, Jason?
1: No, I, I only know it's it's just stock trading though, right? And that all it is?
0: Yeah, kind of. Um, So like there's a stock tracker for these like five or so stocks and then everybody gets a piece of secret knowledge that you know your stock's either going to go up or down based on this randomized set of decks that you hand out some cards on. And so like you have secret knowledge of what's going to happen that round, whether the price is going to go up or down, that kind of insider trading stuff. And then basically you get dealt a hand of stocks and you have to... Or you get dealt, like I think a couple stocks, and then you have to put them into piles, into these piles that we're going to bid on later. And so it's kind of like a reverse drafting game. Like you're kind of like putting these cards down into these piles. One goes face up, the other one goes face down. And so you know you're the only person who knows what your stock's going to do, and you're the only person who knows what your face down stock card is. And sometimes there are like penalties that you have to pay, like several thousand dollars on those cards sometimes there's like cash rewards sometimes there's stocks that are going to be awesome um on those face down cards so you kind of have like a little advantage on bidding on the pile that you particularly the particular pile you put your face down card in and then um you know exactly what's going to happen to the stocks that you have out there too that the one stock that you know so like sometimes your stock will be really bad like just really bad and you find out, oh man, this thing's going to go up three points, so it's going to make it much better. And there's people offloading this stock that they think's pretty crummy in one pile, and nobody bids on it practically, and you get it for like zero or one dollars, and then like your stock shoots up, and it's pretty awesome that your insider trader information like worked out. Um, but it's kind of a neat mechanism, and like the other thing too is like you can put your cards in any pile. So like there's been times there's there's a couple cards that automatically go into each pile that just kind of blindly get put there. But then um, – or just like randomly from the decks gets put there. But then like everyone else decides how you're going to try and balance that out. So if a really awesome stock happens to flip up into one of the piles, sometimes you'll throw like really doggy stocks or really doggy like pay penalties kind of cards onto that one to balance it out with the other ones. Or sometimes you just put a bunch of face-down cards out there on like one stack so people just – Like, so someone drops a face down card on a stock that you kind of want. Well, then you drop your face down card on top of it, too. So that way it's like, oh, you want to try and say, hey, I don't know what's in this pile. Well, now you don't know what's in this pile either. So um, it's just kind of a neat game. It's like a lot of psychology and kind of bluffing, but then also kind of a cool bidding mechanism as well. Um, Just kind of a neat game a lot more social stuff in it than you would think with this typical stock game a lot lighter than a typical stock game too. Plays pretty quick i think you can play a whole game probably in 30 or 40 minutes so that's stockpile
1: that's awesome yeah i want to i've been wanting to try this and i didn't even know you had it so yeah that's pretty cool
0: yeah i'll I'll, this one that my it's it's in the happy picks category and by that i mean an amazing game but also (laughs) but also my dad can grasp the rules and play it
1: so oh nice yeah that's cool
0: yeah so this is one that we can get my dad To start laughing till he's purple in the face playing this game, (laughs) that's always fun. So (laughs) we'll see if we can get get this at the uh, BGM con too, or or four or five or whatever we're at now.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I love playing games with your games with your dad. He's a good ten.
0: Yeah, he is good dude. (laughs) All right, well, that's what we played this week, I guess.
1: All right, so today we are going to talk about some games that we think have great art. Now, I guess we should clarify a little bit. That can mean different things to us than it does to you. So for me, as long as I think it's cool and pretty or the graphic design is awesome, it makes the list. It doesn't necessarily have to be a good looking game to you, but it must be a good looking game to me. So that's where I am with mine. I don't know how you picked your criteria.
0: I I basically gave games like how awesome the game looks score. And then I gave games like how awesome the game is score. Um, And so the ones that got the highest combined score, they have the highest quotient of being a really good game, but also looking really good, made my list. And then like we have a bunch of (laughs) honorable mentions this week. And my, (laughs) my honorable mentions all like have some kind of caveat on them or they were like, yeah, they look really good, but the look isn't as strong as these other ones, or maybe I don't like the game as much as these other ones. So that's kind of how I did it.
1: All right. So you actually put some thought into yours. I just looked around and saw stuff that I thought looked cool and I put it on my list.
0: Jeez, Jason, (laughs) we're never going to get on the dice tower with this kind of (laughs) shenanigans.
1: Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) We'll be fine. By the way, it's
0: day uh, 273 of the You Are Too Scared to Challenge Us. This game is broken podcast. (laughs) And the longer you go, the more scared we know you are. So, yeah, you're super scared and we know it. Whatever, Brothers Murph.
1: (laughs) That's true. Oh, I did forget to tell you. um, They told me to email them and I just haven't done it yet. (laughs) 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 Maybe I should do that.
0: That's hilarious. I don't really want to be on their podcast.
1: I just forgot. Uh, they said to email them in like September, so it's not like I haven't done anything. I just forgot that they sent me that email.
0: Oh, jeez. We were we were just kidding, guys. Why would you blow up their Twitter?
1: So, yeah, that's a discussion for another day. All right, Jason, what would you pick? All right. So the first game that I looked around and picked because I'm shallow, is Yamatai. And I mean, there's not much to say about this. The artwork on this game is beautiful. The cover is amazing. The character boards are amazing. The little people that come out that you can purchase to help you out in the game have like just as good artwork. The board is beautiful. You can see the mountains. Yeah, it's just a great game. And it's a great game. So it's beautiful and it's a great game. So yeah, my first one is Yamatai.
0: I haven't been able to play this game in like a year because I can't get anyone to play it with me. Um, it is a really pretty game. I'll, I guess we'll have to play this, Jason. Like, I, I I guess maybe I suck at explaining the rules too, but like there's a lot going on in this game at once. And so I think people get like a little overwhelmed by like all the decisions you can make with your ships and yeah. stuff. But yeah. I, it's not like once you play a couple rounds, you're like, oh yeah, it's pretty easy. So,
1: yeah, it, I don't know. it really is. It really is easy. Like you're just surrounding tiles with boats and then... <laughs> That's really it. I
0: yeah. guess really it doesn't help that there's like this whole like Ikea diagram of how to build a sectional couch worth of a play mat there on all the yeah. different choices you have for your boats.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> it, I mean, it is a beautiful piece of play mat. It does look just like an Ikea diagram for building a <laughs> sectional sofa, which is really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will say that the simplicity of the game is not helped out by all the iconography on that game that's for sure
0: the color palette on it's amazing by the way like i think that definitely merits it to be a beautiful game for sure and then the art is really excellent too do you know who the artist was on this
1: i do not know (laughs) but just the designers that's all i i mean i
0: i want to feel like it's the same person who does a lot of small world or small world these wonder games yeah because it yeah. kind of I mean it does like a little tiny bit like that small world kind of style but like really more like five tribes ish looking almost um, and I know they get compared a ton and maybe so that's just like subliminally in my head I think they look kind of the same right. but I think they kind of have the similar vibe to them honestly of like the look and stuff so I don't know the graphic design elements at least look similar All
1: so, right, so the, the artist is Jeremy Fleury
0: Oh, yeah. Jeremy Fleury.
1: That's not... I don't think that's how you actually say his name, because there's some accent marks and stuff, and he's probably French. So... But, yeah, that's what it looks like.
0: Man, you know it's good if it came from France.
1: <laughs> well, Bruno Catala came from France.
0: Heck, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, the French know their art, man.
1: That's true. That is true. And the Dutch. But, anyway... <laughs> that's another game.
0: Yeah, it is. It's uh, It's Grim Forest, actually. That is my really nice pick. I don't I don't know the artist is on that either. But I mean, like, I don't know. This game looks really great. It has awesome components. And I think maybe, like, I'm a little bit swayed by how awesome the game inserts are in this game. But honestly, it has really great miniatures that are really well done. And the boards are all really great looking. And where they could have just gone with just plain, just like a, a monochromatic background they put really nice art for like you know the different parts the different areas that you know you can go with your with your guys and then the cards all have really nice art on them too uh, just an excellent bit of art on that game and if i remember right this is like the first game that company put out um or first major game they put out i think they had a couple little like barnyard games and stuff but i think this is their ma- first major release and um Derek would kill me and James would kill me that I don't remember what their company's called, but. Druid City. Druid City. I Just kidding. I knew it the whole time. I was just seeing what Jason though.
1: <laughs> it was a test.
0: Good job, Jason. You passed. <laughs> so there you go, Derek and, and James. You, your game looks really beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. The artist on that is Mr. Cuddington. It's like a man, or, or, not man, a guy and his wife. I think they do all the art for Mr. Cuddington.
0: So it's like a design firm they call Mr. Cuttington. And it's yeah. like not just one guy. Who's yeah. named
1: Mr. Cuttington. Yeah, it's weird.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. They did a good job not being confusing there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really weird.
0: <laughs> I think it's cool, though.
1: Yeah, it is cool. And I, I agree with you. That is a beautiful game. We played that last year at Origins. And yeah, it was some of the stuff you in the game you don't even need. Like the thing where you put your pigs on. Yeah. That's unnecessary. You could just put like a little resource marker there and say, Hey, this region is for wood or whatever. Right.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like, they went above and beyond on some of that stuff. And then, like, there's no need for (laughs) miniatures for anything. Like, they could have done little cardboard, like chits or something with like a picture on them for like most everything, like where the monsters and stuff all go, or building your house. I mean, it's just (laughs) they went above and beyond on like everything. And the other thing, too, is like, I don't know how they do it, but that game's like really cheap for all that you get in the box. So. Huge yeah. endorsement for you guys. We're big fans and we look forward to you sending us review copies of everything you have coming out.
1: <laughs> we're looking and talking to you, Derek,
0: <laughs> who I'm sure will have been tagged in this podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs>
0: uh, Grim, Grim, Force was my pick.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one, since we're talking about art, I felt it was appropriate to put a game about art and my favorite game of all time. On this list, and that is the Gallerist. Yes, I mean this is Vitaliserta and the artist by Ian O'Toole, and Ian O'Toole is just a beast. His art blends in with graphic design so well that you can't even tell really what the art is and what the graphic design is. It just flows so perfectly. And this board, like the way it has the the central area leading to the galleries Mm -hmm. and the player boards with your little own little individual gallery and kind of like muted colors, yeah. Ian is amazing. This is such a good good artwork on a a game.
0: I agree. And I think Ian O'Toole does great art. And I'm not going to say anything more about Ian O'Toole right now.
1: (laughs) He is amazing. We'll leave it at that.
0: Uh, My next one is even though this is kind of a controversy and they're like, oh, he used reference images and it's not all 100% Picasso, awesome Da Vinci work from his brain, um, Scythe is my pick and this game has got to make it in a way because that art existed and it was compelling enough art that old Jamie S was like man we got to do something with this art and make it into a, a board game and put it in a universe of awesomeness and I think he did a good job with it I really like that game um, I, I'm going to be interested to see how people respond to the expansion that just came out because this game has just gotten to the point where I think some people are starting to uh, it's it's losing its new game shine a little bit um, so I'm hoping that it gets, I get hoping it feels more completed or it feels like there's, uh, more to the package with the, uh, expansion that just, just dropped. So, um, Scythe is my pick. Everything in that has been beautiful so far. And there's just so much art in it too. All those cards have like full, nice pieces of art. So, Scythe is my pick. I think it's hard to argue that that game doesn't have beautiful art in it. Um, you could argue a lot of things about it, but not that it doesn't have really great art. So,
1: uh, the only caveat I have about Scythe is I don't think the board looks that great. Yeah, it's not amazing. Outside of that, I'm with you 100%. The
0: the, the boards definitely function over form, for sure. Um, but, but it can be really big. Does that count? That you can make the board really, <laughs> really true. big?
1: It can be really big, yes.
0: You could argue that the board's not beautiful. You're right.
1: It's functional, yeah. I mean, everything else is amazing, but just I don't like the board.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like, all the factions and stuff like that, I mean, and all the art that's included is definitely really cool. But that map, you're right. It's kind of just a, a typical, like, landscape. It's really functional.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. So the last game I'm going to talk about, um, I'm actually going to talk about a game called Dark Tales. I don't Ooh. know. It-
0: dun, 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 dun,
1: dun. <laughs> Not Duck Tales. <laughs> so I don't know if you know anything about Dark Tales, but essentially it's a card game that, like... Puts a gothic spin on fairy tales. So there's like Robin Robin Hood, Little Red Riding Hood, Little Mermaid, Cinderella, and then just Snow White, I think, is the other one. So all you're doing in the game is playing cards to try to amass the most points, and you're going to draw a card and play cards. But all the cards are like tarot-sized, and they're all full art, and the art is incredible. Whoever does the art on this should do more board games, because... The way they drew some of these characters is amazing. Some of the girls are kind of boobalicious, but outside of that, it's amazing.
0: So it's a uh, um, what company made Tanto Kore?
1: It's not Japanime, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's just like like Gothic people.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, huh. I don't know this game really. Is this game that's like newer, or did I just miss this one, or is it kind of underground?
1: I don't think it's new. It looks like it's from 2014, but we were at our local game store and just saw it. And the the box art was kind of cool. And we're like, "Huh, that looks interesting." So we picked it up and then started playing it. And we the art and it was incredible. The gameplay is good too, but the art is probably huh. better. It's a really light game, so it's just a thirty minutes of playing cards. But at least you have something cool to look at while you're doing it.
0: I'm gonna have to look this one up on Board Game Geek. And it's not because you said boobalicious. It's (laughs) because in my head, I'm thinking of that like yellow game about pirates called like Dark Seas or something in my head right now instead of Dark Tales. And I'm like, I guess that game's kind of cool looking. I don't know. Whatever. Um, It's not.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like that at all.
0: Okay. Yeah. uh, Cool. Um, My last one is Venus, which is by Eno 2 as well. So that's why I kind (laughs) of shut up there. Um, This one is so cool because it's so the art is so great on this one that it made Jason full of spite and rage and like madness that he couldn't (laughs) understand the symbols like very clearly. So he had to go buy the old edition. Yep. (laughs) True true story. But like, I think the thing that's really cool about it is that like, I remember the first time I broke this game out, I knew this, like I knew that there were like little painted on wine stains on the board, but like, I forgot and I like saw like (laughs) wine stains on the board. I was like, are you kidding me? Did my like son get Welch's delicious grape juice all over this board or what? Like, and so like that being integrated in the game was really cool, and uh, so I thought it was just an amazing, just like clean look, but also has tons of detail, and just I think the functions fine on it. The color palette's amazing. I think everything Ian O'Toole does is just just really good. I think he just does really good games. Period. Bar none. Um, so Ian O'Toole gets an entry on my list, too. And I think it's hard to say he's not the best board game artist out there right now. Um, and I'm looking forward to his take on Kanban, if or when that ever happens, which has been kind of flirted with by Vidal himself. So
1: No. yeah, I know, I know. No, no. He'll just change it, and it'll... It'll look beautiful, but then I won't understand it anymore. (laughs) I won't buy that
0: copy either. I've got a perfectly great copy of it myself, except for here's how they get guys like you and I. They're like deluxe edition. We're Eagle Griffin. And it's going to be like that spot where it's expensive, but it's not that expensive. And (laughs) right. And there's expansions that you can only get with this edition. So sucker, buy it. Come here. And like, (laughs) I'll end up buying it. So I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Vinos, the new version does look amazing.
0: Very cool. Yeah, your your edition actually looks fine, so I don't think it really needed an overhaul, honestly. But um, no,
1: it just—I mean, if you have Eno Tool on staff, you might as well use them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Jason, did you? Was it a hard decision? Did you have some honorable mentions?
1: I did. Uh, let me see what I did put on there. I think I have some more Eno Tool. Yeah. All right, so I'll go over a few really quickly. Um, Eno Tool game. Art, Fool's Gold. Mm. I really like the board on that. It's it's I really like his muted colors. He does that better than anybody. Um, Dinosaur Island, because, I mean, it's amazing in 1990s.
0: Yeah, the person who did Dinosaur Island did another game or two that are really solid, too. And I don't remember them off the top of my head. But if you're super bored and it's Friday and you're at work and you want to, like, browse around Board Game Geek a little bit, check out the artist for Dinosaur Island and see what else that person's done. They've done, like, three or four really great games.
1: Um, another game that I think is amazing is Caper. It has really slick, like, old-school-looking art. Yeah, And it's I love Caper. It looks like yeah. you'd see
0: that in a barbershop or something else. I don't know. Like, Yeah,
1: it does kind of. Um, then I have Legend of the Cherry Tree, mostly because the box art is amazing. There's not really much else to it, but I like the box art. Um, Madame Ching, which is art from Vincent Dutre. So... That should tell you what you need to know there. It's Man, beautiful.
0: I don't like his art, <laughs> but
1: that's cool. I dig it. I, I like his style. It's it's cool to me.
0: Like, Discoveries is cool looking, kind of, but like that New York 1912 or whatever game, like the guy on oh, the front yeah. just has like the most punchable face I've ever <laughs> seen in a person. So, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I don't really dig that art either, but Madame Ching looks cool. Cool. Uh, and Takenoko, because, I mean, that game is draws everyone in cuz it's adorable and has a little panda and yeah, needed to be on the list.
0: I thought about that one too. It is the components are put on the adorable list for sure. Yep. Awesome. I I had a little trouble too, Jason. Um so here's my my honorable mentions and their why's kind of. Um I'll start with my Eno Tool honorable mention. Uh Stevenson Rocket. I haven't played it yet. I haven't really seen much gameplay of it yet. But the components and everything in there look awesome. and I'm not sure you can get it yet, but it looks like it's gonna be a winner. Um, and he did the art on that and it looks fantastic. And it looks a little different than a typical EnO tool art. So pretty cool. I didn't
1: even realize that was him. it does look different.
0: Yeah. Um, Takedo instead of Takenoko, um, Takedo's got just kind of a cool Jill Zen feel to it. And it's really beautiful. But again, I balanced games that I actually like with how beautiful they are. And Takedo is a game that I just don't like. Like I, I have it in my collection. I still own it. I'm not sure why, I guess. But, um, the more I think about it, the more I just don't like that game. I don't like that. I think I've talked about it here plenty, but that whole, like, if you are the person who gets the ideal placement, then either you have like a, you have to jump way ahead on the board to get the next time that that you know, income or whatever happens that you really need. Or you jump a little bit ahead of the guy and hope that you know he doesn't take the next move that you really need and he you know, you know he will. So, I mean, like, I don't know. It just feels like it's really hard to get the spots you want in there sometimes. So it aggravates me, but it's a beautiful game. Um, another game that I think is fine, it's nothing awesome, but it's fine, but it looks really nice is Evolution. And I just think the pictures in Evolution look really cool. I don't think the graphic design is particularly great, but the the pictures, the paintings or whatever in that look really pretty. Um, yeah, yeah. Everything by Red Raven. I mean, like, it's all really rock solid. Right. He's, yeah. got, his own, he's got his own kind of style. If you don't like his style, you're not going to love it. But his style, I think, is pretty neat. Um, I think Empires of the Void 2 would probably be the one that pushes to be on the list for me the best because he does such a cool job making space. Like, he doesn't just make it black with – dots on it like he does like really cool like nebulas and like shapes shades and stuff of space
1: um (laughs) i was gonna say you're picking the game that's black as (laughs) the best one
0: (laughs) yeah no it really it does have like a really it's not it's not just your standard hey this is black with white dots on it like he's got all kinds of cool shades of blue and purples even on it so i think it's really cool how he does the take on his space his space like look and the planets are really beautiful too um Disney Villainous, I think that game is like one of the best looking games and they have such great component quality on it that it definitely deserves to be on this list. But the problem with it is I think that the art in that game is probably just screen caps from the movies or things that they took from other places. So I don't feel like it's original art. And so I'm not going to put it on there. Um, But it's a really nice looking game. And then uh, Beth Sobel, like she deserves some mention too. She makes some really great games. Viticulture, I think we both love. We both think it looks really nice, but I don't think it was quite good enough to make our, our top three. So, But she's a really great artist, and she's done some really great work, in particular for Stonemaier games. So uh, those, those are my honorable mentions.
1: The game I like by Beth Sobel is that one where about painting, sunset over water or something.
0: I'm not sure I totally know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, Bob Ross. The Bob Ross game from Target. No, That's not really Bob Ross.
1: One. It's it's completely different. <laughs> but, yes, Bob Ross has a great art, yes.
0: I goofed you. I goofed you, Jason. <laughs> you did. You're
1: right. <laughs> Bob Ross is good, though. <laughs> yeah. Bob Ross could have made the list because that art is amazing.
0: <laughs> well, and, like, even then, like, the graphic design choices and stuff are perfectly fine. I mean, like.
1: <laughs> right, yeah.
0: But, yeah, it's Bob Ross art like, throughout the game. <laughs>
1: Yep. (laughs) I didn't even think about that, actually, until right now.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what games would make the exact opposite. Maybe we should do this someday. You'll get a sneak peek of this game's amazing and it's so good, but the look of the game is so bad. I know everyone's thinking I'm going to say Terraforming Mars, which definitely belongs on that list. But the one that (laughs) I think just has bad, like, it just doesn't look good. The cards are fine, but Shakespeare. Like, when you open that game up, you're like what what is this like yeah dots of different colors and weird little arches like what this doesn't even look fun. and then you play it and you're like oh i get it it's the best game that's ever been made
1: (laughs) yeah it does really look terrible i i'm with you (laughs) well
0: and then you play it and it's so good so like yeah i don't know that's maybe one that we need to do at some point games that look like they're gonna be terrible but they end up being awesome
1: yeah that's a cool list i dig it
0: awesome well that's all i've got to say jason I think we got a little zany this time
1: yeah zany here i mean there was some laughing
0: as as good as we're gonna do you know this time of year so we're, we're all con tired we're all like waiting to see what Essen's gonna bring us yep we're all we're all disappointed that the mind is still getting played by people
1: that is crazy philip our boy pdb posted that he played that game and it made me heart, made me cry a little inside
0: he wished me a happy birthday so that felt good Did he really <laughs> yeah
1: that's awesome.
0: <laughs> it is. He's just the best guy in the world. You know he what? He really is. PDB, if you think the mind's good, then I'm just going to change my sweet little mind and think <laughs> the mind's great too.
1: So five, five inches,
0: five inches for our sweet little boy PDB.
1: Uh, that's funny.
0: <laughs> the best boy, Philip Deberry. Yeah.
1: Speaking of speaking of Philip Deberry, um, coming. In a few, or next month, we're going to have a giveaway of a signed Philip DuBerry game. Shut up. Yep. That's amazing. Is it Kingdom
0: Death Monster? Is he going to sign a copy of Kingdom <laughs> <Yes>. Death Monster? Yes.
1: <laughs> it is. It's Kingdom Death Monster, yes.
0: That's great.
1: And Demon Worker.
0: That's great. <laughs> Baptist pastor Philip DuBerry signs Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just kidding, Philip. We know you're not really signing that game.
0: You know what? Uh, I started reading Bonhoeffer's uh, biography, the one that um, Philip DeBerry suggested to me, and I think yeah. on the podcast, and it's it's an okay read, but the crazy facts about his life are like they had a memorial service for him like after the war was over. And his parents found out he was dead by listening to the BBC who was covering his memorial service. Like, I was Ugh. like, whoa, that's crazy how news spread back then, not very well. So, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. And like the other thing too is like, I think back then it was like, you left your family and it was like, maybe I'll see you again. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I guess <laughs> there was no, there was no Snapchat back then. You couldn't get grandpa to put a <laughs> pair of mouse whiskers on his face and, and say hi. So. <laughs>
1: Speaking of that, I would love to see your dad do that.
0: <laughs> Did I train the picture I have of him with the filter on?
1: No. Oh I
0: definitely have one where he like like has like glamorous lipstick and like blush and eyeliner on. And it's oh, it's because like we were trying to like we were just in like step in like the like video chat on Facebook just to just to talk. And like he starts yeah. hitting buttons and <laughs> And so I took oh. screenshots like immediately, like any like any good boy would do. So, I mean, like, I had those pictures.
1: So, oh, that, that's hilarious.
0: I'll, uh, when you guys become Patreons someday, I'll put that in our Patreon only page. So,
1: oh, when man. we actually
0: open a Patreon, when people actually <laughs> think they get more than two and a half stars worth of smiles from our podcast <laughs> and want to become Patreons,
1: yeah. Oh, all
0: right. We hope you got two and a half smiles worth of smiles this week, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been smiling.
0: All right. Anyway, J- Jason, I hope you can edit this week because I don't know if I have two hours to to cut out those last two minutes. <laughs>
1: oh, no, they're not getting cut out. They're awesome. <laughs> right. I'm leaving it.
0: All right. I've been Joel.
1: <laughs> and I'm Jason.
0: And keep gaming. Jason, I'm going to spoil your last one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Kingdom Death Monster is Jason's last one. So he loves the art in Kingdom Death Monster. You're he right. thinks it's great. All that it stands for is great. He yeah, loves love it so all much.
1: The, all the black, all the naked, disgusting minis. Yeah, I love that.
0: Big fan. Jason, big fan. Jason, Jason's game days are like, let's play The Axe and then Commission, Wisdom of Solomon. Then we're going to drop out some Kingdom Death Monster.
1: And Demon Worker. Yeah.
0: <laughs> one of those is true.
1: One of the last two is true Yes that's true